Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. If you've ever watched an American television show or a movie, then you are familiar with what is known as the Miranda warning. And in the United States, this warning to an alleged criminal is known as being Mirandized and has been since the United States Supreme Court delivered its landmark decision on June the 13th, 1966. Miranda rights have been treated somewhat differently in Canada. While the 1962 Federal Bill of Rights and Section 10 of the 1982 Charter of Rights and Freedoms guaranteed the legal rights of Canadians to retain and instruct counsel without delay and to be informed of that right, the Supreme Court of Canada has interpreted this right more narrowly than its American counterpart. Most notably, in 2010, the judges in a contentious 5-4 to four decision ruled that there was the limit to the right of an accused to have a lawyer present during a police interrogation. The ruling established that a suspect is permitted to speak to counsel, but that following that initial meeting, the police then have the right to question the person without a lawyer in the room and that any incriminating statements given will be admissible in court. Now, the constitutional implications of Miranda, or the Canadian equivalent or lack of equivalent, I really can't comment on. But one thing I know, the Bible makes it perfectly plain that confession is good for the soul. You see, one of these days, we are all going to find out that sooner or later, we will have to confess our sins. We can do it now before it's too late or later when it is. But either way, sins, well, they have a way of coming out. The truth of the matter is, we all have faults. We all have sin. John tells us in 1 John chapter 1 and in verse 10, we read the following. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and the word is not in us. You see, the best people in the Bible all made huge mistakes. Moses, Abraham, David, Peter, they all sinned. But they all overcame their sin and they all did it by following the principle that is laid down in this verse. Now, today, I want to share with you how to deal with sin so that we will never be gored by the horns of guilt or never paralyzed by the poison of sin, that we can live in victory on a day-to-day -day basis. Number one, confess your failure. You know, John begins by saying in 1 John 1, but in verse 9, that first part of the verse, here's what he says. If we confess our sins, 
Now, the word confess is in the present tense, which means this is something we are to continuously do. We need to be confessing our sins daily. We need to be doing this diligently. We need to be doing this definitely. Now, there are some who are teaching that we don't need to be asking for forgiveness because we're already forgiven. But that is just plainly, biblically wrong. You see, in one sense, we have been forgiven of our singular sin, but this verse says if we confess our sins, plural. When you and I, when a person becomes a Christian, they don't become perfect. They become forgiven. Because our old nature, well, we still sin. And when we sin, we must confess that sin so God can forgive that sin. There is only one type of sin that can defeat you, and that is the unconfessed sin. Now, to understand confession, you must understand what the word means. The word confession comes from the word homologeo. The word homo means same, and the word logeo means to, mean, to say. So literally, to say the same. You see, confession means to call sin what God calls sin. It means to look at sin the way that God looks at sin. Confession, well, it's more than just admitting sin. You can admit sin without confessing sin, without agreeing with God's perspective on sin. When we truly confess sin, we have been convicted of that sin. We despise that sin. We're broken over that sin, and we want to turn away from that sin. You see, real confession does not just try to evade the consequences of sin. True confession tries to erase the guilt of sin. So if we're going to deal with sin properly, then we have to do two things. First, we must call sin what it is. Doublespeak, you know, has become one of the biggest problems in the English language. According to the National Council of Teachers State of the Language Report, here's a few examples they cited. One stockbroker called a recent stock market crash a fourth quarter equity retreat. The Pacific Gas and Electric Company referred to its bills as energy documents. And the shutdown of a GM plant in Massachusetts was labeled by the company as volume-related production schedule adjustment. Now, if we're going to deal with sin, we've got to call it what it is. If it's lust, we'll call it lust. If it's jealousy, call it jealousy. If it's bitterness you harbor in your heart, call it bitterness. Just, let's just call it what it is. And secondly, confess it when it occurs. You know, someone said, we love to sin retail, but confess wholesale. 
you know, many of us, listen, I'm guilty of this sometimes, wait until we go to bed at night and, they some, and then say something like this, Lord, forgive me of my sins. We need to confess sins specifically. We need to confess our sins instantaneously so that we can always know that we're right with God. And furthermore, let's not make excuses. Make a confession. Corey Ten Boom once said, the blood of Jesus never cleansed an excuse. I want you to remember something. The best way to keep guilt out of your life is when you sin, get to God with that sin before the devil does. You see, if you don't confess your sin instantly, the devil will go to God and he will bring that sin before God and he's going to fill your life with guilt. But if you go to God with that sin first, then God will cleanse you of that sin and he'll take away that guilt. Number two, expect God to be faithful. If we do confess our sins, here's what John goes on to say. God is faithful and just. Why did he remind us of those two specific character qualities of God? Well, you see, first of all, God is faithful to his promise. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 55 and in verse 7 the following, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You see, God has a covenant relationship with his children, and he cannot break that covenant. And part of that covenant we find here in the book of Deuteronomy, uh, in chapter 7 and in verse 9, here's what it says. Therefore know that the Lord our God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. But not only is God faithful to his promise, he is just in his purpose. You see, the moment he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for your sins and for my sins, he could forgive us of our sins, yet he could still be a holy and righteous God. You see, on the one hand, God cannot just let sin go by or else he wouldn't be just. But on the other hand, God wants to be merciful and justify the unjust. Now, how did he do this? How could God be faithful and forgive us our sins, yet be just and not just let us get away with it? Well, by sending Jesus to die for our sins. That's why he says in Romans chapter 3 and verses 25 and 26 the following. 
speaking of Jesus. He says, whom God set forth to be a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. You see, when we take our sins to the cross of Calvary, God must forgive us. If he didn't, then he would dishonor his son and dishonor his sacrifice. By the way, the word faithful means every time. You see, if a man is faithful to his wife 364 days a year, then he's not faithful. He's only faithful if he's faithful all the time. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever confessed sin, but after you confessed it, you still didn't feel forgiven? You remember this? Your forgiveness, my forgiveness, depends on his faithfulness, not on our feelings. If you express your failure, you can expect God's faithfulness because he is faithful and he's just and he will deal rightly and righteously with our sin. Number three, Experience God's forgiveness. What is God faithful and just to do? It says, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we confess our sins, God pardons us. And then it says, God purifies us. You see, that's why we never have to bring up a confessed sin twice to God. Ari Tori once said, If you are at this moment troubled about any sin that you've ever committed, either in the past or in the present, just look at Jesus on the cross. It is an act of base ingratitude to God to brood over sins that he in his infinite love has canceled. You see, when we confess a sin to God and God forgives us, and then we come back and confess that very same sin later to God because we didn't feel forgiven, then we've just insulted God. There's a story of a man who was counseling with his pastor and he was being haunted by the ghost of guilt. There was some sin that he had committed many, many years ago that was tearing him to pieces. So the pastor says, let me ask you something. Have you confessed this sin to God? The man said, Pastor, I've confessed it a thousand times. That pastor then said, well, that's 999 times too many. You should have confessed it once and thanked God then 999 times for forgiving you. 
So now we understand why confession is so important. Confession puts us in a position to get our soul right with God, but it puts God in a position to get our sin removed from our soul. You see, confession does for the soul what preparing land does for the field. Before the farmer sows seed, he has to work the field, remove the rocks, pull the stumps, get the ground ready for the seed. That farmer knows that seed will grow better if the land is prepared. Confession is the act of inviting God to walk over the field of our hearts. And we say to him, there's a rock of greed here, Father. I can't budge it. Do you see that tree there of guilt near the fence? Its roots are too deep and they're, and they're, and they're too long. Father, can I show you some dry soil over here that's just too hard for any seed? And what God does then, through his word, through his grace, is he pulls those rocks. He takes down those trees. He fertilizes that soil. Confession doesn't seek amnesty from God. It seeks pardon. You say, well, what's the difference? Pardon presumes guilt. Amnesty, which comes from the same Greek word as amnesia, forgets the sin and disregards the guilt. Confession admits the wrong and seeks forgiveness. Amnesty denies the wrong and claims the innocent. Real confession, true confession, is willing to go to any distance, pay any price, count any costs to be right with God. On September 22, 1998, Daniel Crocker confessed to a murder he had committed 19 years earlier. Nobody tracked him down. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody even knew he was guilty. But it came from a conviction God had placed on his heart. You see, at the age of 38, with a wife and two young children, Crocker became a Christian. He was growing in the Lord. He was reading his Bible. And he began to become convicted because of his lack of confession. Nineteen years earlier, Crocker had been on a three-day high on LSD, and he killed a 19-year-old by the name of Tracy Fresquez. He had met her briefly at a convenience store, and he murdered her. There were no clues. The detectives admitted the case would have been unsolved had Crocker not made his confession. Not long after that, on October the 6th, 1979, Crocker realized he had to make a serious changes in his life. He got off drugs. He turned his life totally over to Jesus Christ. He got involved in a church, and he started studying the Word of God. By 1986, he had married a woman from his church. They started a family. But during the summer of 1998, Crocker could stand it no longer. He could no longer conceal his sin. 
he had to confess his sin. He said goodbye to his two children, said goodbye to his wife. He boarded a flight from his home in Virginia, and he flew to Kansas City. A prearranged meeting with prosecutors took place, and shortly thereafter, Daniel Crocker began serving his sentence. His defense attorney said, I've never seen anybody willing to come forward and take responsibility like he did for what he's done. The district attorney said, I've never seen anything like this in all my legal practice. When Crocker was interviewed, he simply said, I know it's hard to understand, but it's the right thing to do because it is the only way I could be right with God. And that is the only thing that matters. You see, Crocker was right. It is the only thing that matters. Whether you're saved or lost, whether you have ever received Jesus Christ or not, if you will confess your sin and believe God's word, you can and you will receive his forgiveness. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the forgiveness that you so graciously and lovingly give us access to. Father, I pray that each and every one of your children listening to me right now may do what the Bible says, confess our sins, knowing that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us in our lives. Thank you for the gift of forgiveness that is being extended right now. Bless each and every viewer, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've come to that point in the program where we have our special offer. So if you've been watching us uh, week after week, you know that we'd like to make an offer available to all of our viewers that is free of charge and will be mailed to you with no obligation on your part whatsoever. Uh, today's um, offer is this little book, Your Bible and You. Uh, there are more than two million copies in print and it says here it's a, a friendly and practical book that shows you how to read your Bible for maximum comprehension, enjoyment, and for your spiritual growth. It's a gift from us at Lessons for Living Television to you. If you'd like to receive this book, then listen carefully to the information we're about to give you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living Television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. 
If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request, and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Now, let me take this opportunity once again to thank you uh, for watching and uh, let me encourage you to let your friends and family know when we're on so that they too can tune in each and every week and join us. A couple of things before we go. Uh, I want to draw your attention to our uh, website, which is L, the number 4LTV.com, L4LTV.com. While on the website, you can see that all of our previous programs are, are there. Um, we have uh, live appearances where I'll be appearing live. Um, we also have a Donate Today tab. And uh, if you feel so impressed by the Holy Spirit to send a donation, uh, you can do so right there, on, right there online by, by, by credit card or by uh, Interact Debit. Please know that all of the resources that are committed to this ministry go directly to the ministry. They go to paying for airtime and studio time and for the gifts and for those things, for the postage. Not a penny of that comes to pay for salary for me or anything uh, personally for me. It's all invested right back into this ministry. So if you'd like to see the ministry stay on the air, then you can donate right there on the website. I want to draw your attention to Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Follow me at Santos underscore Bill. Uh, every morning we put out a one-minute little devotional video, and you can get, get access to that through our Instagram. You know, many of you are telling me you enjoy that video, and you start your day by watching that video. What a great way to begin our day, right, focused on the things of, the things of heaven, the things of our Heavenly Father. I want to draw your attention then to our Facebook page. Uh, all of the programs uh, will be posted on our Facebook page also. So shortly after the program goes off the air here, you'll be able to find it on our Facebook page at Facebook. Just look up Lessons for Living Television on Facebook. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Lessons for Living Television YouTube channel. And as a subscriber, then you're going to be notified every time there is a new program that comes. Uh, you're going to uh, know that and you can watch that and you can share that uh, with friends and, and, and with your family. Uh, you can also follow me at, on Twitter at Santos underscore Bill. There is another website which is, represents another component of our ministry that is very important and that is our MissionNowCanada.com website. And our Mission Now Canada component is all of the international mission work that we do as part of our ministry. And so uh, we will head into the Philippines or uh, Paraguay and uh, work with local folks, with indigenous folks, uh, provide free dental care, free medical care. There's always a building project. Uh, last year we built a, uh, uh, a playground for one of the local kindergartens. And so on the website missionnowcanada.com, you can find out when we'll be going on our next mission trip. You want to sign up for that, or we can send you information so you can help you decide as to whether or not being on a mission trip with us would be something you'd like to do. 
You can also send a donation from the website and you can direct that specifically to the Mission Now Canada activities. And so you can designate that and we honor that designation. So wherever you direct that, that's exactly where the money will go. Well, we are all out of time. I hope we have the opportunity to do this again real soon. God bless you. We'll see you back here again next time.